And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. And on camera, the viewers will see the ever-dashing Mr. Rick Foster. I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick. We do appreciate him taking his time to visit us today. So good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm very well, thanks for the invitation. Uh, Rick Foster, building official, City of Denham Springs. And you're also a certified floodplain manager, correct? That's correct. Oh, God, the eyes closed and the nod. We all know <laughs> a lot of work going into that. So today yeah. uh, we're talking about hazard mitigation plans. Um, these things do not just appear out of the woodwork. Right. They take a long time, a yeah. lot of planning. Uh, most recently, the Denham Springs City Council asked for some testimony from you, and they eventually passed the hazard mitigation plan. Uh, however, they also had to wait for the parish to do the same because it in a lot of these instances, as I've talked to a lot of people before about this, everything seems to flow from the top down. It's very hard to detach yourself from that bigger governmental entity, correct? Correct. Uh, so first and foremost, um, give us sort of a 32,000-foot a view of what a hazard mitigation plan is. I, I've A couple of people who asked me about it, I said it, it, it's like a zoning plan just for hazard mitigation, yeah. but that may be oversimplifying it, and I may be missing some connections there. So... Take it away. All right. In, in in a nutshell, it's a hazard mitigation plan. It it describes who we are, right? The community, uh, the individual municipalities within the communities, uh, the hazards, the potential hazards that they may face, um, and how to mitigate them. It also talks about in there uh, demographics, uh, economic information, and it covers kind of the whole gamut as to who we are and why these things are important to us and ultimately how to mitigate their potential uh, influence in our day-to-day lives. Gotcha. So it is almost like a zoning plan. Yep. It's just you take that demographic information, you're looking more at, at hazards and disasters than you are really looking at, uh, you know, whether this person should be commercial or industrial. So you were involved in the process of this, and it was through LSU, correct? Correct. LSU was, yeah, they were the uh, the, 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 the steering people on, uh, uh, they took the ball, they came in, they had the template, and they've done it for, if I'm not mistaken, 60 plus other municipalities or governmental entities. Okay. So they've got experience, uh, they've, uh, they've seen a lot of the pitfalls, and they've been able to to navigate through those, and it's a much more expedited process. So did you volunteer for this, or did they kind of say, you know, you're you're the floodplain manager, and you're the one that's going to be involved? Yeah, no, I was volunteered. Okay. Yeah. Voluntold? Yeah, I was voluntold. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, it is all good. It's uh, the There was an email that was sent out by the parish uh, to the mayor with requests for names. Uh, who who would you like to represent? Who would you like to to, to have a say in, in the city? And it, it could be multiple people, which in this case it was. It was emergency manager Jason Populus, who I believe you had on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I did, about a month ago. Yep, yeah. yep. And then uh, he and I would, uh, attended the meetings. Um, we had our input. He and I had multiple individual meetings with the two of us to kind of go over what was going on, updates, um, I did what more we wanted to add to it, what we felt we needed to take away, our actual hazards, what hazards we now are looking at. We didn't have ice storms on there. Right. Why, why would South Louisiana have ice storms in the hazard mitigation plan? Guess what? Now we do. Right. You yeah. have to. You have and, to. And for those of you who may, especially since we're in hurricane season and people seem so <laughs> hyper-focused on, you know, yeah. 10 days before, 10 days after, don't forget, it did freeze uh, quite a bit earlier in 2021. Um Apparently, they wanted to take over 2020 as the most messed up year uh, <laughs> that we could possibly have. So yeah. it was very strange, very strange start to the year. But that's interesting. Was there 
anything else that y'all had to add or anything that you were like, no, that, that doesn't really apply here? Uh, there were some things that were existing. Going into the process, we, we took a look at each and every little item that was on it. The, the whole reason why we're doing this is to, to receive grant money, you have to have it in the plan and to do with those things. So for grant money, you have to apply. Right. right. And and you have to have a project and that project has to go through. You, know, you have to fill out the application. But if that project is not in your hazard mitigation plan, you're not going to qualify for hazard mitigation grant money. Sure. It okay. has to be in that plan. So we've run into a couple of things where our plan was more simple. It was more basic the last few times we've done it. Now, now we're starting to catch on, and things have changed a lot too. Uh, before they, uh, back in 2015, when we had the city's own hazard mitigation plan that was done through CBI Shaw. Okay. Uh, we were able to actually get grant money straight to us. Now, it, the way that uh, the way that GOSEP wants it, the way that FEMA wants it, FEMA gives the money to the state. Uh, GOSEP then s- sends it out to each uh, uh, each parish, and the parish makes the determination on who gets it and who doesn't. Okay. But but at and which is why we all participate in that plan. And the plan doesn't really go into effect until it's adopted by resolution by all the municipalities, all the people that were involved in it. They all have to adopt it. Okay. And uh, who all is involved in this particular? Is this a parish wide plan or? Do y'all have a Denham Springs section of the parish-wide plan? How, how does that work? Because we know it comes from the top down. Correct. And in, in, in answer to your question, yes. Uh, there is in the, in the plan, and is the multi-jurisdictional hazard mitigation plan. Okay. It includes the unincorporated areas, Denham Springs, Walker. Uh, we have, uh, I believe, we French Settlement, Fort Vincent. Um, we've got uh, Albany Springs. Springfield, I believe, is included. It's all the actual municipalities, the incorporated areas. They uh, they participated. At least one representative, Livingston, of course. Okay. Uh, the mayor came out and uh, he represented Livingston. So yeah, good showing, good showing okay. by folks. Okay. And uh, if there's anything like we talked about ice storms, but we kind of experienced that. Is there was there anything in the plan that kind of jumped out at you that was like, what is that? But at the same time, you're like, I can't take that out. Anything, anything <laughs> like that? Any kind of crazy stories? Nothing really jumps out of me on, in that regard. But it was interesting putting the other stuff back in because uh, with the ice storms, um, what was it? Probably a good couple of months ago, the uh, um, our gas department came to uh, city council in a very contentious issue with the bonds issue, so that they could improve that infrastructure. Right. Potentially, we could have had that had that information been in our original plan on improvements against ice storms. We may very well have qualified for grant money on that. Right. Well, that's and and that's interesting. So, talking about uh, some of the things that you qualify for, uh, elevations and acquisitions. That yes. uh, the mayor was speaking on that when he was here two weeks ago. Uh, we couldn't quite catch up with you uh, before no. you left town, but we appreciate you taking the time today. Sure, sure. But as part of that mitigation plan, you have to have included that elevations and acquisitions will occur. Yep. Okay. So right now, the city council has approved the first acquisition. Correct. Uh, there have been quite a few elevations. Um, is it safe to say that the elevations that have occurred up to this point, were they done on grants or were those done privately because this was not in place? There uh, there were grants and there there have been a few that have been done privately. Okay. So the parish program was done separately from the city's program. The city started its own program in 18, 2018 was when we started t- uh, taking the first applications. Okay. Uh, and that was, uh, um, we had quality engineering kind of steering that for us uh, as, as uh, uh, a consultation group. So from that original batch of applicants, we had 10 folks. We had uh, eight elevations and two acquisitions. Of that, we've got four, ac- uh, four elevations that are complete. 
We've got one that's still underway. And then we have one acquisition, which is almost done. And uh, another one is pending. We'll see how all of that goes. But what we find, if we don't apply for them, you know, they, if you don't apply for it, you're not going to get it. Sure. Some of these folks, when they did apply for it, we have uh, what's called repetitive loss and um, severe repetitive loss properties. The way that the, the grant program works is on a severe repetitive loss property, there is no copay. There is no match by the homeowner. With a repetitive loss property, it's a 90-10. So the homeowner is responsible for 10% of the elevation. The, the grant covers 90%. And without it, it's a 75-25. Gotcha. So when, you're, when, when some of these folks are faced with you know 25% of a $100,000 elevation and they don't have the ICC portion of their flood insurance to fall back on because they, they um, appealed the substantial damage uh, determination, it can be, you can get lost in in all of the, the formalities sure. with it. But if you're looking to have to go out and pull a second mortgage for the elevation of the structure, sometimes it can be hard to justify. And and, and that's understandable. Now, flood yeah. insurance uh, rates are probably going up for a lot of people due to risk rating 2.0. I know that's still relatively new. There's yeah. a lot of detail that goes into that. Uh, I do want to clarify one point. ICC is increased cost of compliance. So Sorry. if you're thinking yes. about asking your insurance agent, who handles your flood insurance through the NFIP about that increased cost of compliance is what that means. And there, and as long as you had, I believe, uh, flood insurance in 2016 and you flooded, uh, if you're trying to mitigate against that, that, that can kick in. It's uh, not a guarantee. Correct, depending on the circumstances. If you didn't appeal the determination, if your house was initially determined to be substantially damaged and you didn't appeal it and it's still kind of sitting there, um, then certainly you can talk to the agent and say, hey, look, I want to apply for that, you know, because I, I want to apply for the grant. Uh, I, I don't think I'm a repetitive loss property or severe repetitive loss property, so I'm going to be responsible for it. And it's up to $30,000 at this point. Right. So getting back to the overall plan, the hazard mitigation plan that we yeah. asked you to come in and talk about today, a uh, couple of questions first in the short term. By the uh, parish and the city accepting these by, by resolution, uh, does that give you CRS points? That's community rating system for those uh. of you. Uh, who, who are wondering what that is. It's it's a wonderful giant book in which <laughs> Mr. Foster uh, gave me a copy, you know, Misery Loves Company. Yeah. And uh, it, it talks about a variety of activities uh, that a municipality yeah. or governing body can participate in to earn points towards flood insurance discounts. Now, did I get that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Look at me. Yep, yep. Doing my homework. You are. So uh, does 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 this new plan add to that at all? Does yes, and, and it, it absolutely does. Myself, along with Walker, uh, they are a class eight, if I'm not eight, mistaken, yes. looking to go to a seven. We're a class eight looking to go to a seven. And of course, what that means is uh, for each level down nine, if you come in at a class nine, uh, that's 5% off of premiums for flood insurance premiums. Class eight is 10% off of flood insurance premiums. We would love to see our homeowners that have to have flood insurance get 15% off of their flood insurance premiums. That's sure. an ultimate goal. That's what we're looking to do. It To do that, it takes it, it it makes things a little more restrictive. So there has to be that fine balance between completely stifling development or doing it in a fashion that still allows people to develop uh, economically. Sure, and it 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 is. It's a it's a balancing yeah. act. Now there are some uh, you know we, we publish articles for you guys and stuff like that yeah. to try to help you gain points. But the real meat and potatoes is ordinances and things like right. that, isn't it? Yep. 
Yeah, so it's tough. Um, I, I believe this may not be accurate anymore, but I remember when I first started talking with you uh, and Miss Jeanette Clark, who used to work for the city uh-huh. of Denham Springs, now works for the state floodplain manager. Yep. Um, Metairie, uh, Jefferson Parish had the best CRS Ooh, rating. Yes, indeed. Yeah, they had a. Uh, they were at five. They were they? five. That that's wild. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like down there. Yeah. But you get twenty five percent off your flood insurance. So that's I'm, correct. I'm sure that comes into great play. So talking about that and CRS points and with the hazard mitigation uh, plan that y'all have put together. What are some of the things that, and, and I want to stress for those who might be listening um, and watching, please remember, I'm, I'm talking to them about things that they might be thinking about doing. Right. This doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. But with the plan in place, uh, here, and here's a question I want to start with. Was there anything y'all put in there as things that the city was looking to do or, or had a goal to do already? We clarified, and that was a lot of what uh, Jason and I did, um, was go through and, and working with the folks from, from LSU was clarifying to make sure that, that our language, when and if we apply for those grants, primarily when we apply for those grants, will we'll allow that to, to those kinds of actions to happen. Drainage. Uh, drainage is one of the biggest things we're looking at. So how to how to put in the language so that it passes FEMA's muster and it passes GOSEP's muster uh, and, and it's something that can be understandable and hopefully uh, um, included in the next one as we go down five years from now. So you've got drainage, you've got... Uh, um, codes. We have a code audit included in there. Uh, it, it, we've said from for a while now, uh, since shortly after the flood, one of the things we want to do is we want to make that uh, the landscape ordinance, the 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 flood ordinance, and our stormwater ordinances be able to work better together. Right now, they kind of butt heads. Um, get rid of some of that conflicting language. We've got codes that are in there uh, from the 80s. Uh, uses on buildings. You know, it, it talks about some of the most ridiculous things that you can't possibly do, which nobody does anymore now. We, we, but to go through and do it, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. To do a code audit and actually develop a, a, a UDC, a Unified Development Code for the city. Walker did it. Uh, they, they got theirs uh, quite a few years ago. Uh, they have to be maintained, but uh, there's, it's, it's nice. It makes things much easier. Uh, it gives the city a goal where we want to be. That's one of the big ones, and that's, we really want to see that come to, come to fruition. Um, we would like to take a look at, uh, uh, again, changing some of those, um, having the ability to change the landscape plan so that points are allowed for stormwater uh, or for green infrastructure, stormwater management practices, okay, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, we've got uh, public building uh, uh, infrastructure. Uh, um, oh, Mickey, I'm, I, it's uh, improvements. Okay, it's 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 a whole gambit of those things. Right, and, and we don't have to get complicated with yeah, it. You yeah. know, it's just uh, I remember. And you were there at that meeting. Uh, you know, those uh, architecture and engineering students came from LSU to talk Correct. about green infrastructure and stuff like that. Uh, did y'all take any of that presentation to kind of pull it forward? Or was it very sort of, you know, high level, just saying these, we want to make improvements down the road in stormwater retention and, and we're, dealing with we're it? We're able to take some of that information that we got from those folks and, and continue, because again, they we've had them out there for the last two years. Right. Um, so uh, some of those presentations we're able to apply to, uh, uh, we can use those presentations because they are from engineering students, because they come with uh, actual language for improving those areas, uh, for cost value, uh, uh, cost versus uh, uh, actual benefit to the community. It comes with all of that information. So we can apply for grants with that stuff. Wow. And that was free to the city. Yeah. So when you pull all this together, this was, um, 
really it, it probably opened a lot of doors towards grant money. Yeah. Uh, which has become paramount these days if you want to do large projects, correct? Right. Yep. Uh, so a- anything else y'all are uh, y'all would like to to introduce or, or be thinking of in the future now that this plan is in place? I, the, the, the it's just part of it's it's just part of the entire process. So we sure. we kind of have that out of the way as long as once we get it passed by FEMA, we've already gone through. Uh, we've got the um, I got an email that there was one thing that kind of got redlined on it, uh, but once we get everybody adopted and we fix the minor items on those, we'll be we'll be rocking and rolling. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anything uh, we we kind of flew through this. Yeah. Uh, so, I, anything that you'd like to add about what the process was like, uh, you know, what you kind of expect in the near term and the far term. Uh, anything you want to add on here at the end? What, what we're really hoping for too is a regional approach to uh, to drainage. That's what the um, LWI, the Louisiana Watershed Initiative, that is what it's encouraging. Uh, while we can make improvements here locally. Uh, and so, of course, some of the improvements we're talking about, not only just drainage improvements, we do have a couple of projects that have been approved and, and should be included on, we're hoping, uh, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all competitive, uh, but we would hopefully uh, uh, like to see that stuff come through. A couple of good uh, major drainage improvement projects, some of these neighborhoods that still catch water uh, when it rains really hard. Sure. Um, we would like to see those things come through. Uh, we're working, currently working on, and it should have already come through. Uh, moving at the speed of government, as the mayor likes to say, <laughs> sure. uh, is uh, our two foot of uh, free board. That's what we'll be introducing to city council and proposing. We'll get CRS points for that, as well as protect potential folks. Uh, it'll save them on their flood insurance. Um, there's no doubt it'll save them on their flood insurance. Um, with that two foot of free board uh, restrictions on fill, uh, net fill restrictions. So there'll be some, uh, if you're bringing in fill from somewhere, you'll have to somehow mitigate it on your property or something along those lines. But the language itself is a little more complicated. Sure. Uh, but we're looking to uh, uh, jurisdictions like uh, Lafayette. Uh, they've got great stormwater management uh, language. Uh, some of the other folks around here too that uh, that have done it. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a good move. It's a good move and we'll get great points for it in the CRS and everybody will benefit to a certain extent. Can you define freeboard for us? Uh, freeboard is the amount of uh, elevation above your base flood elevation. Okay. Base flood elevation is uh, determined on a firm, which is a flood insurance rate map. That's how uh, when folks, they'll call us for a, for a flood elevation determination. We pull out the firm, we pull out the flood insurance study, uh, take those measurements, and we're able to give them a number. That is the... The 1% chance flood event, the 100-year flood, as everybody likes to call it, not an accurate term, obviously, because we can have a 100-year flood two or three times a year. Sure. It just, it, it's, it is what it is. But it's a 1% chance flood event. Um, our flood maps didn't change after the flood. They are the same maps that we adopted in 2012. So there's, a, there's some misinformation that sometimes gets out there. Um, the increase that we may very well see would be with risk rating 2.0 because it doesn't Entire, it doesn't rely entirely on the firm. It relies on uh, homeowners' risk, potential risk, where that thing is located, the, the risk possibly from a water source, how far in from the water source or how far away it is um, in relation to other development, new development. It's more of a living document or, or method of, of determining risk than what the firm is. I heard somebody describe to me that the old way of determining risk was two-dimensional, whereas this new risk determination is three-dimensional. That's pretty accurate, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So, I, and I was actually going to ask you that. I was going to say, well, since we're 10 minutes ahead of budget, uh, <laughs> you know, is there, what can you tell us about risk rating 2.0? And you kind of touched on a little bit, a couple of the factors that are there. Some of the numbers that I've seen, um, there is a, there are a chunk of folks that will experience increase. The, that's the bad side, right? There, I think it's 60% are looking at, uh, and that's the, the Louisiana, that's uh, um, Livingston Parish. Okay. In itself, we'll, we'll experience increases. Of those, and I want to say it's 60%, I don't have the numbers exact, but I do know it's, I believe, greater than half. Of those, you're only looking, uh, it, it, I believe it's less than $100 a year. So it would be a $10 a month increase. Okay. Uh, and that's, that's the majority of those folks that increase. Um, there are a couple of policies based on the numbers that we're seeing that will see a huge increase. So those are going to be ones that folks will need to talk to uh, if they're in my jurisdiction, I hope they pick up the phone and call us and find out what they can do. Um, it's uh, by all means. Uh, if they're in Walker, pick up the phone and call uh, Nancy and Lynette over there at the building office or their permit office. Uh, and in the parish, of course, uh, there's uh, their permit office over there. At least to start that conversation, I'm looking at a huge increase. I'm looking at in huge in thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of them that are really, and I don't know why it doesn't it doesn't break it down as to why. Um, but those are some. Those are exceptions, way, way, way extreme exceptions to the rule. Sure. And, of course, a lot of this just came out. You know, yeah. we know that there's a backstory to all of it. It's been slowly developing over a few years. Yeah. Uh, but FEMA finally just pulled the trigger, uh, and it looks like these will start to apply to uh, homeowner flood insurance policies this fall, correct? Uh, but the ones that were new uh, either in October or after October, that's when it'll go into effect. Right. And so that's when everybody always sees their increases in either October or in the, um, the six months after that. So if you're listening to this, it'd be a good good time to call your insurance agent who yeah. is who is brokering your flood insurance policy to see what, what kind of risk you might be facing. Yeah. And of course, uh, the, the building officials, Mr. Rick Foster here in Denham, uh, Miss Nancy and Miss Lynette in Walker or um, the permit office or uh, LOSEP can also help. Correct. Uh, and and LOSEP is the Livingston Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness that's in the parish. Uh, Brandy James is the director there. So, sir, we blew through it. So uh, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, very interesting uh, uh, time yeah. here in Livingston <laughs> Parish. Uh, but, it, you know, one of the interesting things that was brought up to me uh, when I was actually discussing with the mayor of this, you know, and he said, you should have Rick on, um, is that th it's uh, we, we have a five-year anniversary coming up in August. Yeah. And we're just, so moving at the speed of government, you know, we're just now getting around to some of this stuff. So it was, it was shortly after the flood. And I mean, maybe two weeks after the flood, we had the mayor of Gretna, um, past president of uh, Jeff Parrish come up and they sat down with us and they talked to us and they said, you know, this, this is what you can expect. You can expect this to last literally for years. Yeah. It will go on. And at the, that was 2016. And they were talking about, we're still handling matters from Katrina, which was in 05. So, uh, you know, for them, it was 11 years later and they don't see an end to it in the immediate future. So we're, we're kind of in the same way. The, the positive side of this is that the community was able to have a voice. We were able to give the community a voice and they were able to kind of talk to us about what they would like to see in the city, what they would like to see, how they would like to see us progress. Um, uh, so during those open house events that we had, uh, Denim Strong and the establishment of Denim Strong during uh, uh, sitting on those steering community uh, committees and um, I haven't... Putting it together and listening to the people, we're we're starting to make those changes. You know, moving the uh, the farmers market into the parking lot there at City Hall, 
keeping City Hall in a centralized location, you know, right there as part of the uh, uh, part of the antique district uh, was was quite a few of those ideas. And, you know, more more reasons to stay in Denham Springs and more reasons to stay in Livingston Parish instead of having to go out for entertainment value for either us or kids or all of that. And, and I, man, it takes a while to, to bring in the businesses and to do those things and to hopefully change matters to make it easier for development here, to give incentives to different businesses, to try to lift up some of those areas. We'd love to see Florida Avenue, uh, you know, uh, improve and get some some businesses in there and, and get a little bit of lifeblood into it. Sure. We're, we're making the steps. It's that's slow. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. it takes time, you know, but uh, there's been a constant work towards, okay, let's turn what happened in 2016 into a positive. Correct. And, you know, you, you see a lot of people, especially on the back end, like yourself, putting in the hours, putting in the work. Yeah. Uh, and it hadn't been easy. So, and uh, again, putting in the hours, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. If you'll reintroduce yourself on our way out here. That's uh, Rick Foster, Building Official, City of Denham Springs. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys joining us today for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. We appreciate Mr. Foster taking the time. And please remember, we are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. One last time, we do appreciate you guys joining us, and we'll see you next time.